Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome into That's Your Opinion. Fred Smoot, Smoot Smoot, Mr. Damas. Yep. The producer, Amishwan, who folks who are listening can't see. We're on a Zoom call right now. Folks can't yeah. see that our producer, Cy Lightfoot Fenwick slash Amish, is, uh, I mean, he's like, uh, what's that show, the biker show back in the Sons day? Sons of Anarchy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's what yeah. he looks like right now. He yeah. is sleeveless. Jax. He's not, he looked like Jax. He looked like yeah. the leader, Jax. Mm-hmm. He's not sleeveless because he's trying to show off his tats <laughs> and his big arms because he doesn't have big arms. No, I don't. Cy, tell him why you're. While you're sleeveless. No air conditioning in this house, which is awful. And so I told Chick when we started, anybody who has children, so that mm-hmm. applies to both of you and anybody listening who has children, do not ever, under any circumstance, let your child rent or buy a house in this area that does not mm-hmm. have air conditioning in the house. Terrible I decision. I think they still made those. They're just, exactly. like a, they're just like an 84 Buick with the ashtray <laughs> in the back of the seat. I, they, do they don't make those anymore. I'm oh, sorry. It's hell. What, you, it's, you, hell. it's really You bought hell. an A-Track player. Yeah. You no. bought an A-Track Ooh. player. Yeah. By the way, the ashtray in the back seat is spectacular. I remember that as a kid. Uh, it's, it's vintage. It's vintage. And no you know what? Our parents actually worked out. That's why they didn't have to go to LA Fitness and stuff. Do you know the energy that it took to roll down a one day at that time? Absolutely. You got your form workout. Oh, yes, that's what yes. I'm talking about. Like yes. life, life was a workout to them. Absolutely. And, and do you know how hard it is to make a left turn in a blue '85 Buick? Do you know how hard it is to make a left turn in it? You can turn your rot, you can tear your rotator cuff making that turn. <laughs> exactly right. Brutal, brutal. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, man. That's the old school stuff. So here we are, uh, as we are recording this. For those who are listening. We are a less than a day away from the well, about a day away from the NFL draft. The Washington football team has a 19th pick. Yes. Um, we were supposed to talk to, and we'll talk to him. We believe next week, Deron Payne, who just signed an extension with the squad, which is great. Well, actually, it, it was the fifth year option. Let's fifth not year say option. so. Fifth year fifth option, year. and and that's good. I mean, what the moves mm-hmm. that the team has made in the offseason have been really solid moves. This one, but but Deron was one of those guys you said. Mm-hmm. They should try to deal him, right? Well, this is what I know. I've been in a packed room of uh, potential stars and stars, and the coach realized uh, we have to make some moves. Like, think about this. This is the only bad part about drafting correctly. Sooner or later, one of the rooms are going to get overpacked, and you can't pay everybody. Right. Think about this. He's in between a sandwich of Montez Sweat getting paid and Chase Young getting paid. Right. <laughs> if it's two people that you have to keep on that defensive line to maintain that identity, it's those two. And think about this. Matt Ioannidis did not play a down last Unbelievable. year. You already Unbelievable. got him re-signed for a great deal, for no a question. great deal, all right? Yep. Then you got Tim Settles, all right? You, you're going to actually get him on a great deal. So when it comes to it, I say this. Why wait? When you could actually get back in the first round right now with this guy. You can't mm-hmm. tell me if you called the Ravens right now and said, give me your late first rounder for the run pain. They would do it. Right. Right. They would yeah. do it. Yeah. All right. So at the end of the day, now I don't have to worry about the fact that I'm not going to be able to afford him in two years. The Ravens wouldn't do that. Another team might, the Ravens wouldn't really. Well, the, the they don't Ravens need a defensive lineman. 
They believe in the front. They believe in the front. When they was at their best, they could dominate the line of scrimmage. And right now, if you look at the weakness at the Baltimore Ravens, it's first level. It's the defensive line. Now, right. The interior defensive line is good. They just need pass rushers. They need edge yeah. rushers. Uh, you a type guy that lives in a house with no AC, so I'm sure you're looking at a flow model <laughs> TV over there, too. How about the Ravens, by the way? Uh, Orlando Brown Jr. Boom. Mm-hmm. From Ravens to KC. How about that? Why one? would they do that? Why would they do that with their, their 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 rivalry when it comes to the playoffs right now? Like, I'm dealing with any other team. Like, why? The first person you should have called was Washington. All right? You know right. why? Not in my division. All right? Some people I've dealt with before. I can make the business deal happen. Why would you make the rich get richer? Or Minnesota. Why? That to for Kansas City and set them up for success like that when you just watched them lose the Super Bowl to Tampa Bay because they couldn't block a soul. Right. So you're gonna right. give them the best young left tackle in the game. Uh, I, by I the way, just don't understand that. Uh, if you we're gonna, I don't know if everybody will bet on the draft, but I know a lot of folks bet on the draft. So bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free. By the way, three ninety nine to sign up. Mm-hmm. So head to the website betonline.ag and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and they are one of our sponsors here on That's Your Opinion. So we thank them uh, kindly. Um, so first of all, I got to bet this. I got to bet you this, chick. Yes, I bet you this right now because I. I call them that mock drafts, mockeries of the drafts, all right? Because <laughs> they mockeries. always do it on what they presume talent is. They mm-hmm. don't do it because of team needs. And I'm telling you now, we have a top 10 prediction stack with wide receivers. Go bet this on Bet Online. I bet right. you ain't but two wide receivers going in the top 10, if two. I tell really? you what, Jamar Chase will be the first one off mm-hmm. of the board. After that, the only person ignorant enough to okay. take another receiver. In the first round, these little guys uh-huh. will be Detroit Lions because they're infamous for drafting, overdrafting wide receivers. I'm sorry. What's the difference between Jaden Waddle and Elijah Moore? Mm-hmm. One day or more. It's not a big line and it's not a big difference. And right. you're going to tell me they're going to take all of these guys in the top 10 in a wide receiver heavy draft. It makes no chronic sense. All right, so at the end of the day, it's going to be some offensive tackles, some offensive guards going to the first round, I mean, going to the top 10, mm-hmm. and it's going to be five guys that everybody's saying going in the first round that ain't going in the first round. They will slide, and it's five guys that's going to get picked that's been said second round or third round that's going to go in the first, that's going to mess the draft up. It happens right. every year. We're supposed to be joined by Vinny Serrato, the former executive with San Francisco and Washington. Hopefully he shows up here. Um, although he didn't show up as a Washington executive very much. Oh, man, stop. Don't hate on Vinny, man. I love him. He is the, he, by the way, Vinny Serrato, the greatest laugh in football. One oh, of the greatest laughs. It's, un- <laughs> it's the greatest Listen, cackle. I love Vinny. Uh, so Vinny's supposed to join us, and he can talk about the draft. Um, so tell me, as I drop my phone, draft night yep. for Fred Smoot. Did you know? Yep. Did you know where you were going? And if not, no. Who called you and when? Well, considering that when I came out, I was up for defensive player of the year, top award, all that top cover guy coming out. Mm-hmm. I kind of like my my visits were different. Uh, my combine was different. 
Right. You know, it was like, you know, I, I went, sit down, talked with Belichick. That was one of the most interesting conversations I had. What was that like, uh, dude? Well, it, it was, you know what? I found him to be, you know, it just, maybe just my personality. Uh -huh. I found Bill to be very pleasant in sure. a very, in a very mad scientist type of way. Let me, hold right? on. That was a younger I, I, I Belichick, him. too. That was before yeah. Brady well, era. Let me, all right, let me stop you for a second. Bill Belichick. Yes. The people that look from the outside at him, look at this curmudgeon guy with the sweatshirt yeah. and, the, and the hoodie cut off and blah, 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 all no that emotion. jazz. But when you saw him in the NFL film stuff, when he was mm -hmm. with his quarterbacks and other players, and his recall and his charm came out. He is yeah. one of those guys who does not, to the media, want to let you in on anything. And I respect that. It's fine. Yeah. So you're in a meeting with Bill Belichick. Yeah. And, and how does that and go? We're talking about everything. We started off talking about football. And I think that was a test to see my football IQ. Right. And I think he seen quickly that I, I knew pretty much all football. I know what all 11 posts to do. I know how to attack everything. Right. So then it just, it, it went left. It went from talking about football to just, he was just asking me about me, you know what I'm saying? What I think about certain things, this this type of approach, this, this, that. Like I said, he's very uh Greg Williams-like. Like when Ooh. I met Greg, that's why I kind of took the Greg so fast because he reminded me of Belichick. And really? I think to myself now, I this is how easy a career is defined. I could have easily got drafted in 01 by Bill Belichick in New England, and I would have at least four or five rings right now. Yes, yes. So, so you're better. Go ahead. You're better. I, I would probably be up for Hall of Fame because you got to realize it's different, it's different playing football uh, when you're ahead one and when you're always in a game. I've played cornerback on, on, on teams that we couldn't make mistakes. All right? Right. We couldn't make mistakes because the defense was the strength of the team and the only you, reason we You had to play winning. flawless, yes. You had to play flawless. So imagine playing with a mastermind like that that's running uh, cheat and steal coverages before they even popular. All right, so hey, think about this. Ashanti Samuels get drafted by the Washington football team and Fred Smoot get drafted by New England. What's the difference? Right, yeah. Well, the difference so is this, you, this, you, this you, you wouldn't be doing this podcast. The difference is you wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. You'd be sitting there with your yellow jacket on, your gold jacket, and be, been drinking and, up everything in the country. And I'd still be doing this podcast because if I would have played for Bill Belichick, eventually – I would have got too expensive and he would have let me go in Washington would end up signing me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we would still be right here where we at, but no, I found him interesting. I found, uh, uh, coach Gruden. I found coach Gruden. Very interesting. I thought I was John going Gruden. to Tampa. Yeah. I talked to, I talked to Gruden a lot. Really? Uh, yes. I talked to him a ton, but where I actually thought I was going, because of the senior bowl and because I just talked to him more than any coach was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really? I thought I was going to be a Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Was, was Tomlin coached by then? Or me, you that old? me and old coach. That was Cower, no, wasn't no, it? Bill was Cower. Yeah, Bill Cower. Yeah, Tomlin was my defensive coordinator in, in, in Minnesota. We got in that job. Wow. So you had Bill Cower was talking to you. So, so, no, it was Bill Cowell. Bill Cowell took to me at the Senior Bowl. Like, you got to listen. I dominated the Senior Bowl. I dominated Senior Bowl practice so bad that they literally took me from the South practice, walked me, he walked me over to the North practice because <laughs> Chad Johnson was mauling everybody. 
Right, right, right. <laughs> right. So Chad was mauling everybody, and they had nobody to stop him. So Kyle was like, come on, we're we, we going to go over here. So I went over <laughs> there with Chad. You know, I, I went over there and locked him down to 10 to life, but it was a good battle. And then we ended up playing the Senior Bowl, and in the Senior Bowl, LaDainian Thomason won offensive player of the uh, game who was mm-hmm. on my team, and I won defensive player of the game. And, of course, it was going against Chad in the game. We need to get Chad back on this podcast when you're here. Yeah, Chad will come back. No, 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 Chad will come back. We'll get him. We'll get him. My phone is ringing. Um, So, speaking of betting, what's the the odds on Vinny Serrato showing up today, by the way? Uh, If we don't bet online, I I actually go 10 to 1 odds that he he actually calls. Really? Okay. He was supposed to be here a while ago. Don't yes, worry about it, man. It happens with a lot of guests. Come on, we're in the Zoom world. See, You're it was right. different when people had to come to st- uh, studios. Oh, they had to come different. to studios. Yeah, you got to be more prompt, all right? But now no we're working with people on their times with their leeway because they can do sure. Zoom easily on their phone. It's amazing. Absolutely. It's amazing. I watched the guy who did a Zoom. He was in his car. He, he put a screen behind him and then made a background. So he's in a full-on Zoom with like 20 people, yeah. and they think he is in his office. This dude was driving down the road and took his cell phone and was laughing because he's like, I, I am not about this sitting and in a damn office. And he probably was Ubering somebody in the back. Probably, probably. Um, he probably was Ubering at the same time. All right, so Vinny Serrato hopefully will join us here. Uh, he does a radio show in Baltimore. Um, but he's, you know, obviously been through the draft. Um, Fred Smoot has been through the draft as a player. Um, so, mm-hmm. take me back to that. Vinny, Vinny was the GM that drafted me. Vinny was the G. Oh, so now I really got a bone to pick with Jim Vinny. I mean, what the <laughs> hell, Vinny? Yeah. yeah, no, I'm just saying he was he was with Marty Shine when when we when I got here. See, he was see, one of the so, holdovers from. Uh, I mean, yes, he should have been. It's, that's why he should be on yeah. the damn show because he drafted you. Damn it. Yeah. Um. So who yeah. called you? Where Where were you at? Were you in New York for the draft? No, I was in Jackson, Mississippi with my mom, my family, my mom okay, and my so, grandma. So who That's called you? Who called you? What what phone call did you get? I first talked to Marty Schottenheimer. Marty was my guy. Okay. The cornerback, uh, Jesus. If you one of his 12 disciples, you are something because he's a cornerback whisperer. So really? the first person I talked to was Marty. And me and Marty talked for about, because Marty long-winded and I'm long-winded. <laughs> so we talked about. We talked about four or five minutes. Uh-huh. And he was like, I don't think I ever talked to a draft pick this long. We got to work oh on the God. next pick. Oh and God. I was like, uh, I was like, okay, but then Dan got on the phone and I talked to Dan. And I was I was ready to go then because yeah. I had felt like I had dropped at least 20 spots in the draft. So I was like really fired up. I was ready right. to play football. So right. then it was like, you know, now I know the destination. Now let's get there. Right. Right. What did you know about D.C. or Maryland or Virginia, for that matter? Because uh, this team's all over the place. Had never, what did you know I, about You know what? The closest, the closest I had been to the DMV is when I went to uh, a recruiting trip to West Virginia University. Oh, Morgantown. Yes, I went to Morgantown. And wow. I almost never left Morgantown. Really? And at that time, they had a very good team. Bolger was yeah. the quarterback. Who was? Uh, Amos Airway was the running back. Uh, Big Thornton was in the D tackle. Uh, uh, Gary Steeles was at linebacker. They had like wow. legitly eight pros at the time. See Mark Bolger, right, right. And then guess what? 
what was coach name? Oh my God. The DB coach that recruited me there, who I ended up turning down and going to Mississippi State, ended up being my uh DB coach my rookie year <laughs> here oh, in Washington. Wow. 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 I remember I uh when I when <laughs> I was when I was at Maryland, I called, I used to call the college basketball, right? And so I called a Maryland-West mm-hmm. Virginia game. We, we made the white-knuckle drive in, in the winter through Morgantown. I mean, through the mountains and mm-hmm. snowing and, like, I'm not sure this car oh, is going to stay on the road. Awful, awful. We, sh- we show up the night before. I am exhausted yeah. from that drive. I'm, like, I'm just petrified. Wake up the next day, go to the game. We're doing the game. And in the first commercial timeout, and it's college radio, WMUC. University of Maryland. And all right, we'll be right back here. Yeah. Terps up by yeah. 12 or whatever it was over in West Virginia. We'll be right back. Well, the Mountaineers mascot is a Mountaineer. Okay. And he has a musket. Yeah. And in the football games, he's outside. He also comes to the basketball games. Yeah. And as I'm going to break, the musket is fired not 10 feet from me. I hear this boom. And as I'm going to break, I just go, holy shit. We go to break mm-hmm. and we come back from break and I have, you know, all of a sudden the, the people at Maryland are, who were listening, you need to apologize for cursing on the air. Okay. So we come back in commercial timeout. All right. Back here at uh, Morgantown Terps up by six over the Mountaineers. And I must apologize uh, for my language uh, as we went to break. Uh, I didn't realize that the musketeer, the Mountaineer had a, a musket and he shot that. And normally, when a man of color hears gunplay in West Virginia, I get a little excited, and that's what I said. And my co- my my color analyst looked at me like, "Really, dude?" I'm like, "Yes, yeah. really, absolutely." Wow. <laughs> I mean, I scared the hey, shit listen, out of the me. The question was, the question is, the Mountaineer uh, mascot is he yes. a Hatfield or is he a McCoy? <laughs> that's the question. That's funny. I didn't get close enough to find that's out. I just, but let me tell you, from that point forward. My eye was on him the entire game. Do you guys? I, it, it, yes. mm-hmm. Do you guys know who uh, knocked West Virginia out of the NCAA tournament this year? Uh-oh. Syracuse, maybe. Not maybe. Not Definitely. I didn't Whatever, know Syracuse dude. was still a school. Made yeah, to the Sweet Sixteen. Made to the Sweet Sixteen. That's great. Is yeah. uh, Bayham still alive? Somehow, and his two sons yeah, are I, on the I team. He's got two sons. Bayham's got two sons uh, on the team. Yeah, one of them just transferred from Cornell to I, Syracuse. I would, not play, I, I would not want to play on that team. Nobody <laughs> ever wants to play on the team with the coach's son. Like it, it, it's never fair because I got to understand if I coach my sons, right? Yeah, you know, I got to try to set them up for success, right? Right. Right. I can't start this five star behind them when I know my son a two star. I got to let my son play, right? Yep. All right, I'm on record saying that Vinny won't show up. So NFL draft coming up. The Washington football team picks 19th. Uh, you had yeah. said one or two mm-hmm. shows ago that it's going to be Davis, the middle linebacker out of Kentucky. Do you still stay with that statement? I stand by me word. I stand by my word. <laughs> At the end of the day, he fits. He fits what they got going on. He's six three at the middle linebacker. He can mm-hmm. cover. He's the be- one of the best cover linebackers in this draft. And when it comes to running sideline to sideline, he can do that. And with him being two hundred and forty pounds, he can actually stick it down in there in the a gap. He's right. just the type of linebacker that uh, Jack Del Rio loved to get his hands on. Uh, he's a three down linebacker. And you know, I've been I've been pro Zayvon Collins since 
since the draft started, all right, since the process started. But, right. you know, after a good talk with Coach and him just giving me a little, you know, mm-hmm. insight on how he think, he let me know that, that that ain't the way he wants to go. And then, especially now with Xavier Collins, uh, actually running a four five forty, but he weighed in at two seventy. Wow. So he telling you that he could, he's basically a three four outside linebacker. Right. All right. So we run a four three. All right. Now I look and ask yourself. Everybody say he's gonna get Kamora from Notre Dame. Now this is a guy that's six feet one, two hundred and twenty pounds. They saying he needs to put on weight to be a linebacker. Well, you just two days ago let Landon Collins know that right. he is about to be a linebacker. Right. All right. Well, there go your tweener right there. Why would you go draft the same thing you already have on the roster as the highest paid guy on your defense? All right. So that tells me they're not they're going to pass on Kamara to get to uh, Jameen Davis. So mm-hmm. now I just I have to actually, like I always say, put yourself in there as a team and a group of people working together. Which player would you draft? Now, don't give me your favorite player. Who can make this team better and where do we need to get better at? Darisaw going to be gone. It's going to be a run on tackles and guards. And when you get that run on tackles and guards, it's going to push Devontae Smith out of the, out of, out of the top 10. It's going to yeah. push Caleb Fairley out of the top 10. It's going to push uh, J.C. Horn out of the top 10. It's going to push players back, all right? And when they push them back, then we're going to either stay where we at, trade back two spots, but we're going to take Jameen Davis because he fits what we want to do. It's one of my favorite things is we've spent now months. I'm going to say we because I don't do mock draft. I just, I can't take it. But obviously, uh, a, I did seven today. You did seven mock drafts today? It, it's so addictive. It's so, so addictive. It's, 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 so there's a business for it. And the best part, as you just said, is all these mock drafts. And then as soon as one domino falls, this run takes mm-hmm. place. And everybody's like, yeah. and all the mock drafts go out the freaking wazoo. And then like a day later, well, I knew that was going to happen. But I'm like, no, you didn't. You freaking, you, you, didn't, you no, didn't know. Because no, no. it was simulating. That's all it is, is a, right. a simulation. See, the one thing about it, when I'm relieving myself like anybody else doing the number two, uh, I had this thing where I was addicted to being what I call the shithouse poet, where I was write poetry on the wall of any bathroom that I use. But since mock drafts came out, simulations, it stopped me from doing that. So at least through in April and the end of March, I don't even go into uh, doing poetry anymore. So you're the one who writes everything on the bathroom. I am. I am. Oh, if you've been wondering around the United States, I mean, around the world, who is known as the earliest shit I was poet is me. All right, you guys keep talking. You guys keep talking because Vinny Serrato just texted me and said you, you didn't send me the link. What's your but nickname? But I did send him the link. So uh, just talk amongst yourselves while I get what this was right. you? What is your nickname for this? What? The shithouse poet. Oh, my God. <laughs> the shithouse poet. Can you give us an example of a poem that of? you would write? I usually sign. What would you write? Like, what kind of poem? What poem do you write? A- It'll be more funny poetry. I only get deep. Like usually, when you do the shallow poetry, you do that right there on like the door, the door of the bathroom, the stall, so everybody had to see it when they close it. Uh, either you just write it on the tissue, and that's called that's called a, a, a short story. Yeah, but can you give me an example of what <laughs> you would write? I'm not. I told you, anytime I start, anytime draft season come, I lose the love for it. And I don't do it. So right now I'm simulating drafts. My goodness. So now 
you can get no poetry out of me right now. I'm sorry, no poetry. So you're not a poet now. It depends on the, the season. I, it depends on the season. My God. But you've seen this poetry slang in some of your bathrooms. <laughs> anytime sure you use the bathroom at a, a, a Wawa, anytime you use it at a uh, a bar, a nightclub. Do you carry a marker uh, with you or something? Like, cause who? Do you just have like a marker in your pocket? Yes. I always had writing utensils with me. You never know. <laughs> you know, I came from That's a generation right. where yeah, we but a pen, a pen wouldn't first. work. To... Like a normal pen wouldn't work on like no, a, a p- door. Like for no, but I told you I come from a generation that didn't grow up with side. We didn't grow up with cell phones. We used to have to always have a pen or pencil around. But I'm saying a a pen. A pen wouldn't work. Does a pen work on like a door in a public bathroom? What are we talking about here? For God's sake! (laughs) Yeah, certain pens. (laughs) Certain pens do work on toilet paper. How do you know that? We all we've all been through it, Sai. I am not. I've never tried to write with a pen on toilet paper. I mean, this is hell. Yeah, you've on, never so, really so. with poetry, then. You've never no. really. I've written poetry. poetry, just not. No, no. By the way, all right. So look. <laughs> so joining us now is uh, uh, Vinny Serrato. Uh, Vinny, I'm I'm so sorry that you have to walk into this conversation. So we've got our producer, uh, Cy Fenwick. We call him Amish. You see, Fred Smoot got me, Chick Hernandez, and the Vinny, conversation. What's up, brother? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Fred. The my, conver- my old neighbor. <laughs> The conversation that's going on is do pens write on toilet paper? That's what you walked into, Vinny. That's ridiculous because Fred's, you know, lived in the, in the Stone Ages somehow. Uh, so Vinny Serrato joins us, former executive with the Niners and the Washington football. Mm-hmm. Team. Vinny, what are you up to right now, by the way? What are you doing? I do a radio show in Baltimore, 105.7, 10 to 2 every day. And I do the Ravens pregame, and I'm actually doing uh, uh, 8 to 12 tomorrow night. I'm doing a broadcast on our station for the draft. So you came to the dark side of media. Yes. What kind of yeah, Chardonnay? Yeah, he did. He said, "What kind of Chardonnay you drinking over there, chick?" Oh, we got we got a, we got a little. Uh, Vinny, I'm gonna and I'm gonna let our listeners know right now. I've been drinking since four o'clock this afternoon. So the fact that I can actually speak right now yeah. is really. Good. I was on the golf course. I lost my match. A lot of drinking took place. Came home through Uber, and now I'm drinking during the podcast. So you got to keep it going. You got to keep it. You and know, chick, hair you the dog. Didn't know Chick, you didn't know this fact. Me and Vinny used to be neighbors. Yeah, we used to be neighbors in Great Falls. Yep. Great Falls. And, and, and Chick, let yes. me say this. Thanksgiving, I brought my kids over. Fred made uh, the deep fried turkey. Oh. Yes. Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nice. Is it nice. as good as advertised? I told you about that deep fried turkey because B. Mitch claimed he got the best deep fried turkey in the DMV. And I told you, Vinny is what he is. A, he's a person that actually got to taste my deep fried turkey. He'll tell you it's real. Well, I'll say this. Now, I worked with B. Mitch for many, many years. and He would bring in those deep fried turkeys during the, the Thanksgiving month uh, to the station. And I, I ain't had nothing. I've never had your deep fried turkey. All right. But I've had nothing better than that steroid-laden, dirty rice <laughs> fried oh. turkey from B. Mitch. It is spectacular. And you eat way too much, and then you do TV. So you look like a stuck pig on the air. It's not a good look, by the way. Hey, hey Chick, you'd have liked um, Halloween in our neighborhood. Fred was giving out uh, autographed cards, and Gilbert, <laughs> all the kids that come over, but Gilbert Arenas was giving out money. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, we, we had a very have a friend. Yeah, I remember. Listen, we have a we had a very live neighborhood. Great Falls yeah. was live. It was dark, but it was live. <laughs> uh, Vinny Serrato is with us here. He does a radio show in Baltimore. Um, you have been through. Well, Fred just admitted that Fred was one of your picks uh, in Washington. So yeah. um, when you yeah. saw well, mm-hmm. the Smoot name on the board and it came to that moment, walk us through that moment. Saw the Smoot name on a board and Dan says, we got to take him." I said, no, Dan, I don't like him." He says, no, we're taking Smoot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. No, anytime, you know, like our coaches did a lot of evaluations and stuff too. And everybody like, you know, Fred had good feet. You know, he was a big talker, you know, so yes. you like his confidence and stuff. And he had phenomenal ball skills. Right, right. That's impressive. Um, all right, so as we get ready for See, you this You know what draft. this feel like? Hey, what? Chick, hold up, yeah. Chick. You know what this feel like? This feel like talking to the doctor that was there when you was born. Yeah. The doctor that birthed you, the, the first yeah. person to see you. Not not your mama. Your mama ain't the first person to see you. The doctor is the first person to see you. Right. So this is just like me sitting here talking to the, to the, to the uh, surgeon that slapped me for the first time when he met me. <laughs> Well, you need to be slapped a few times, I think. Is what, what, yeah, that's, that's, no problem. Know Fred, that. my be- or, uh, the best story was when we were trying to decide between Kellen Winslow and Sean Taylor. That oh, was the my best God. One. All right, so oh, hold on a second. Hold on mm-hmm. a second because we mm-hmm. know what Kellen turned into. We right. know what Sean was. So, right. so take me through that conversation. Well, you know, well, you know Joe Gibbs, so you know that Joe loved tight ends. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and, he, and his dad played for Joe in San Diego. Right. And Joe was always big on Kellen, you know, and then we had Kellen come in to visit and he was going to, Joe was going to meet him at the hotel for breakfast. And Joe calls me, says, where's Kellen? He didn't show. So Joe went up, knocked on his door. No answer. Knocked on his door again. And he comes like groggy, like, hello, you know, and so then he comes over to the facility and then we're looking for Kellen. Where's Kellen? He was down sleeping in the, ba- in the locker room. Oh no. So it's like two days before the draft and we haven't decided. So Joe says, let's get all the coach, you know, because some people wanted Kellen and there was a lot of us wanted Sean. So Joe says, go get everybody. So we got all the coaches, all the scouts that were there, the pro guys, and we got in a room and he said, get the uh, national championship game, which was Miami versus Ohio State. Right. Mm-hmm. So we got the first half of that. And he said, okay, we're going to watch Kellen Winslow. And I mean, you watch that game. Kellen was awesome in that game. You right. know, and everybody's like, yeah, it looked pretty good. You know, and he said, mm-hmm. all right, put on Sean Taylor. After we watched that game of Sean Taylor, even the offensive coaches said, that's easy. We got to take Sean Taylor. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that I was mean, like two days before the draft because, you know, there was still some indecision. That's amazing. That is amazing. And then, you know, what's crazy was, was Butch Davis was the head coach at Cleveland and he was picking six and we were five. He called a trade. He wanted to trade because he wanted Sean. He didn't want Kellen. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's impressive. Yeah. That's amazing yeah. how that works and I, out. And I remember us all in the locker room because we had a lot of, a lot of draft savvy guys in the locker room, and we were just all sitting there conversating one day. 
and you know, Clovis, uh, Clint, everybody. You know, we got a little Miami thing going at the time anyway. Mm-hmm. So of course he throwing Sean out there. I like, man, I knew about Sean uh, years ago. Cause Ed Reed, I remember bumping into Ed Reed one day when I was in Baltimore and, and, I, and we were just talking about the defensive backs in the league. And E. Reed was like, you ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till you see Sean Taylor. He's like, he coming out to me. Wait till you get a load of him. He's he's me. He's a mixture of me and he a mixture of Lauren. I mean, running a lot. I was like, we might we're gonna put him in the Hall of Fame right now. And from <laughs> the day he did, I watched him play. I knew then. I like, yeah, he's special. He's special. Like right now, to this day, right now, Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, is the best tight end prospect I have ever seen come out of college. Yeah. I said, it's nobody that can check in one on one in the league. It's either they too small or not fast enough. Right. Sean Taylor was the perfect matchup for Kyle Pitts. He has the ball skills, the speed, and the tenacity to make a guy like that being nobody else. Yeah. And, and, and Chick, you know what the cool thing about Sean was, was you saw the maturation, right, Fred? I mean, like, he was Absolutely. a little wild when he came in. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, then when he had the baby, got married, I mean, he yeah. was a dedicated football player. Yeah, rode right. his bike to work. He rode his bike to work. All right. He was right. he was serious. You can see him trim up. You can see everything change. You can see everything about him change. Let me tell you something. I get goosebumps thinking about him now because he didn't particularly want to talk to us, the media back in the day. Um, but if you asked an intelligent football question, which some of my, my colleagues sometimes did, sometimes didn't. Like Jerry Coleman um, didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, that that he would kind of key in and, and you'd have a conversation just like Santana Moss. You have a conversation, mm, yeah. uh, even Deshaun Jackson. If you talked football and the intricacies of it, all of a sudden the light went on uh, and I would talk with Sean about our daughters. That's how we got along. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yes, Vinny, you're right. You saw the maturation of him and you saw that it was just, you know, and he was just so different a character and like you know, for for a for a wideout, uh, for a running back to see this load flashing through the secondary, mm-hmm. it could not have been comfortable for anybody in his vicinity. First of all, he was two forty as a rookie. All right? Ridiculous. I, I I remember when he first came to the huddle, and we was in the uh, Hall of Fame game, preseason game. He come in the huddle. I walked to the huddle. Him and Levar standing beside each other. I'm like, who? Which one the linebacker? Which one the safety? Like they literally looked the same physically. All right. And not four plays into the game, he smashes the running back, picks the ball off, take it to a touchdown. I mean, for a touchdown. And that's when I like, yeah, this kid right here. Because the one thing about alpha males is it's 53 of us. But then when you get another type of breed in here, and this is when you get somebody that just not regular amongst people that's not regular. Uh, right. He's something else. He's a he's a beast. When you get a guy like that in there, he stands and he don't have to try to stand out. He just stands out. And and Fred, that in that game, Greg Williams wouldn't start it. No, he wouldn't start him. Me really? and Dan Snyder were sitting up in a box, and Sean intercepted two that game against the Broncos. He says, You think yeah. he'll start him now? And then he wouldn't. <laughs> and he wouldn't. No, he didn't start. Him. He didn't start him till like around week six to seven. Because I remember me and Sean Spring were like, "Man, let's go sit down in the office after practice with Green." Like, I'm like, <laughs> we got to start this dude. We a defensive team. Like, right. we need it. Like, we don't blow people out. 
And yeah. I was like, we know the mental game. We, we know what you're trying to teach him. You're just not trying to hand it to him. Mm -hmm. I think he earned it. I think everybody think he earned it. <laughs> I like, man, I need him out there. That's the only way I get to cheat as a cornerback. When you got somebody that receives us afraid to go across the middle in any capacity, now I get to play outside heavy. Now I get to be very aggressive on how I break on the ball. He frees me up to play football. Right. So Vinny, hey, you've been hey, in. Chick, you know what another right. good one is? We go down to see Chris Samuels to work oh. him out. It was me, Russ Graham. Uh, I think it was Russ. North. Was it North? I think uh, North, yeah. Dan. We go down there and uh, we fly in and we pick Chris up in uh, limo, go to the workout. <laughs> then afterwards, he takes us to uh, – um, what's the real place, Fred? Oh, talking about in Tuscaloosa? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I really hate Tuscaloosa and I hate their ribs, but I know exactly what spot you're talking about. They brag about it all the time. Right. So we go there, you know, and Dan says, I'll, I'll have this. Said, no, all you get is ribs and Wonder Bread. That's all we got. You know? <laughs> and then, you know, what was funny was Dan says, you know, because Chris took us, dropped us at the plane and we had the limo. And Dan says, hey, keep the limo for the rest of the day. Chris, go ahead, use it, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dude, I remember I remember that after the draft, you flew in via helicopter, LeVar yep. and Chris in yep. the Redskins Park. Yep. I said the second word. Second and third pick. They had the second and third pick. Who has the second and the third pick in a draft? Who yeah. has that? Yeah, hey, you, well. know what, you know what happened? Uh, when we got the third pick, you know, I had to call Jimmy Sexton, Chris's agent. The agent I said, yeah. hey, Jimmy, you got to help me out. We're going to take Chris, but I'm getting crucified up here by the media because nobody knows who he is. So I said, can you get him on some shows right. and mm -hmm. get his name out there so wow. people realize who he is? Wow. That's amazing. Well, that See, also sp that speaks to front offices realizing, you know, there's, there's the, the chatter. I mean, when you were in a front office, mm -hmm. Social media was not like not it there. is today. No. And now you are part of it. You're part of the media. So uh, just looking from the draft outside in now instead of inside out, what do you – I mean, I'm, I'm watching the quarterbacks. I'm watching people bash Justin Fields. Who, when's he going to go? It's like dropping down the draft. All of it, and we just talked about it before you got on, that so many people have their mock drafts, and they have, these, they have their picks all set and ready to go, and then a run starts to happen on O-line guys or defensive mm -hmm. tackles, and yep. it all changes the draft. So just give me your overall view of – of this year's draft? Well, I think this year, well, it's quarterback draft, you know, and mm -hmm. the Ravens, who, you know, I cover a lot of, they have two sure. picks and they need receiver, pass rusher, and old lineman since they traded Orlando. Um, but I think it's a real good offensive line draft. It's not a good mm -hmm. pass rusher draft. Good corners. I mean, Patrick mm -hmm. Sertain, I mean, fundamentally, Fred, you got to yeah. appreciate how good he is fundamentally, man. Oh, no, no, no. You could tell he's a cornerback son. Because when it comes to technicians, uh, Sean Springs was like this when he came out into the league. He was just a big body technician. And that's who Patrick Sertain remind me of. But I, I got to say this, Vinny. As much as I love Patrick Sertain second, I love some J.C. Horn. Because yeah. see, and J.C. lived down the street from me when I moved to Atlanta. So I've worked J.C. out when he was like in middle school and high school. Like when I say feisty, he's he he's talks feisty. like you. Yeah, yeah, like when I say feisty, he got it. And he, like I said, he one of them guys, he can go out there and get beat for two early plays in the game, and you'll get the same player in the fourth quarter. Like, he's going to keep right. coming. He will not stop. And he 
to me, he tracks the ball. Like the one yes. thing I found out in the SEC when I was playing is if you start to dominate, they will make you stagnant. So I was like, I got to be hyper aggressive to track other people's ball. Like when I see the ball with JC Horn, I see him hyper aggressive, knowing they're not going to mess with him, but still going tracking other people's ball. But Patrick Sertain, because he's so technique sound, he does his job and his job only. I love JC. Yeah, I, I think they're both going to be outstanding quarter. They'll both start day one, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Micah Parsons, I think he's, you know, yeah. I mean, he's a lot like Lamar. I mean, I thought I, I said he's a better athlete than Lamar. He doesn't have the burst and explosiveness. I mean, come, Lamar could explode, you know? Right. Yeah. He's a little right. more fluid mm -hmm. than, than Lamar. And he's got yep. Lamar's number. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, no, no. He's, he's very similar to Lamar. Yep. The one thing about it is uh, with, with Lamar, it was he was never to me a three four linebacker. He needed to be a four. I mean a three four linebacker. He was an edge rushing linebacker. Take the thought process out of the game. Let the dog loose. Let him go pass rushing. Do what he needs to do. With Michael Parsons, he can literally play Mike, Sam, and yep. Will. He is a three a four three linebacker. I think he is going to be the gem, especially after watching Devin White and the rest of Tampa Bay linebackers run around. You gotta love what you see with this guy. But I'm telling you. Jameen Davis from Kentucky, when it's all over with yeah. and said and done, yeah. he will be one of the best draft picks out of this uh, class. And he will, to me, be Washington's pick. Because like I told you, I got time to talk to Coach Rivera because I was so high on Zayvon Collins. I love Zayvon Collins. But Coach made some points. He said, I think he's a 3-4 linebacker. When he said that, some clicked with my like, well, we played 4-3. So that means he's not even on their thinking list. So I said, well, who fits what they need? I say it's Jameen Davis, Kentucky, at 19. It won't be overdrafted. He ran a 4440 at 245, 6'3. Mm. I'm talking about, all right, I think he could be special. Hey, Fred, what do you think of the Oway from Penn State? You know, because on my show all the time, I says, how do you draft a guy in the first round? That no, has sacks. no sacks. He has zero sacks. Like, right. but here you go. He's 6'5, 6'6, six, yep. six, 260 pounds, and ran a 435. Yep. So you can say, you know what, maybe I need to teach him hand game. Maybe when he comes to the league, a better defensive line coach will teach him pass moves. Maybe he's only an athlete, so now the tackles just push him up the field. Like once he get a counter move and once he learn how to use his hands, now you're talking about a, a, a guy that you can have on your team for 10 years. So he'll be very tempting. The question is, do you take a project in the first round? I can't see a team taking a project in the first round, but I can see Kansas City taking him as a luxury pick at the bottom of the second round. Now, Fred, I used to call those kind of guys, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. <laughs> I, 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 oh, that's what it is. Uh, body like uh, Tonto and a heart like a BB. That's Stop what we it. tell it. Like it, it, They got nothing. They look good getting off the bus. But when you turn the film on, that's what I like, football players. This is why I say this, Vinny. I'm going to hold this against you and coach. Uh, at the end of the day, y'all watched me shed Rod Gardner down in a bowl yep. game and right before both of us get drafted. He had as many catches as a dead man. And you took him before me? And I wasn't then, there. No Santana Moss? That was, that was uh, All right. Well, I can't blame like you for that. Party. I can't blame you for that. Marty. Yeah. Um, I, and bless his heart. Rest in peace. Nobody going to say nothing wrong about Marty. Yeah. Yeah. That's Can't let that happen. Uh, I love you, you have been a part of the red, the, I did it again, the Washington organization. 
Uh, I got a dollar in a jar. They walk yep. in an organization. You've covered the Ravens organization. Um, can, can you give us an insight as to can you compare the two organizations? Well, it, uh, I think the, the biggest thing is that in Baltimore, I think everybody, it was kind of like when I was in San Francisco, that everybody understood their role and everybody was allowed to do their role. And I think that was the, the biggest thing. Like when I was in San Fran, Eddie lived in Youngstown. He'd come out the day before the draft and he'd have Mel Kuyper's book and he'd say, hey, who are we taking tomorrow? Right. You know, you know, and then that's what we would, that's, that's what we would do. Right. Um, you know, and he had faith and trust in what we were doing. And that was, that was similar when like Joe was there, it became that and probably more like Ron is there now, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. because there's less involvement from the others. Right. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. And in Baltimore, it's what? Well, they get to do, um, you know, Bashadi is around, you know, and he'll ask questions and those kind of things, sure. but he lets them do their job. I mean, look what, you know, Ozzy's done and now Eric's done. And, yeah. you know, I mean, they, they, they believe, and I've talked to Bashadi a bunch at practice, they believe in continuity. You know, that's their big thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because here's the thing with continuity with scouting. And this is why we were so good in San Fran is you have your scouts and you have a system like with our scouts in San Fran and Bill Walsh set, set up the parameters of what we were looking for. If, if a scout went into a school and a receiver was under six foot, they didn't have to look at him. If a low old lineman was over 300 pounds, they didn't have to look at him. I used to go to schools and guys would say, Hey, you're kind of lineman's down there at North Carolina or, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, and a quarterback, if he didn't have a 20 on the wonderlick, not on the board. You know, mm -hmm. so it made it easy for the scouts and those things didn't change. So our scouts, you know, when they would go into a school, they would know exactly what they were looking for because it never changed. And when you change coaches, they always want, you know, their kind of player. And then that yeah. changes and then they don't like what you have. So it, it's a revolving door and you're always starting over. That's the biggest problem. Mm -hmm. Now I have a proposed trade here. Oh. I said this, and you know this better than anybody working in the front office. Because we have these riches on the defensive line here, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, uh, Deron Payne, Matt Adonitis, Tim Settles, eventually we got to pay these guys, yep. and we cannot pay all of them. Is it stupid of me to say, all right, how can I get back in the first round this year? I could call Baltimore, Baltimore maybe and say, Deron Payne, for your low first round draft pick, you know his fifth year option is already picked up. That if anywhere they can get better, I think in uh, Baltimore, it's the pass rush and it's the defensive line yeah. and the linebackers. Would you think they could pull a trade? I mean, pull the trigger on a trade like that? It would depend on the finances, Fred. But here's the thing with Washington: is as long as you don't have the franchise quarterback, you can afford other things. Right. Because mm -hmm. I always say this. Show me a team with a hundred million dollar quarterback. I'll show you a team with no depth. Right. You know, and that's what, mm -hmm. and, and you know, it comes down to choices and just a good example is the Ravens. They weren't, yeah. they weren't able to pay Orlando Brown. So they yeah. had to trade him, and they got, you know, so Fred, they trade Orlando Brown and they get mm -hmm. the 31st pick. They can take yeah. a, they can take a tackle there, get hopefully the kid from Oklahoma state uh, and kid from he Notre can Dame. play, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. And you got him for five years and you got him cheap. 
Whereas Orlando Brown wants 15, 18 million dollars. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. I, I, I totally understand. Most of it is always about, you know, because because the Ravens are thinking like this. How am I going to pay Orlando Brown the money he wants? And I got to pay Lamar Jackson. Like Lamar Jackson is what they're yeah. fixated yeah. on right now. And like you said, after you pay the quarterback, what else and who else can you pay? And they already paid say, Stanley. I'm Vinny, I'm a Ravens fan, so I talk with these guys about this all the time. They already paid Stanley, so they weren't going to pay Brown. Right. Uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, they don't believe in paying, paying two tackles. Plus, they got to pay Al- They got to pay the tight end, Andrews. Mm-hmm. You know, they yep. got to pay him. You have Lamar. And, you know, Lamar's going to get paid. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's Eric Schaefer always used to say, you know, Dan would say, can we have that? And Eric would say, Dan, you can have whatever you want. <laughs> but it's all yeah. about choices. Right. You can yeah, have right. this, but if you have that, then you can't have this. Vinny, yeah, as a Ravens yeah, yeah. fan, I have to throw this question in because I love the Ravens. We, we what do you that, see the Ravens we? doing with their two first-round picks? I'm hoping that well, it's Bateman mm-hmm. or Terrace Marshall. Yeah. You know, because here's the thing I think about the Ravens. You know, they came out and they said that, oh, receivers want to come here. No, they don't. No, I played receiver don't. in college. No. Wayne Crutchfield was my running back. We no. ran the ball 40 times a game. We used to laugh, you know, because I'd be lined up in a tight wing and yeah, I'd have to your... lock down on the defensive lineman. You know, and we used to laugh, Fred, you like this. We'd be out of practice on Tuesday. This is when it was a big eight. And I'd say, all the receivers, I made all big eight today. You know, I caught eight, ten balls, you know, because I'm not yeah. going to do it on Saturday, you know. And, and that's how these guys are with the Ravens. That's why I say they need to take a receiver in the first round because nobody wants to come there. Exactly. Well, I think that you're right. You're right about that. I think out of Bateman and Terrence Marshall, I think you go Terrence Marshall. He's the bigger out of the two, 6'3", 200-plus pounds, can run with the wind. Yep. I, I think he's the one you take, but they're in a unique position. Right, you take him with the earlier pick. You take your tackle with the second first round pick, but don't forget you still got a second round pick here. Right? And this no, they don't. No. no, they don't. No, no they, they don't. traded the no, second round pick in the uh, Brown trade. The second round pick uh, went see, to Kansas City. Yeah, and see, that's why I think the wide receiver group in this draft gets special. I think it gets special with Elijah Moore. I think it gets special with Rondell Moore. I think it gets special with these back end. I think uh, this is what I say. Everybody got all these wide receivers going in the top 10. I don't think it'll happen because for everything that Jalen Waller can do, I can get Elijah Moore, Rundell Moore to do the same, and I don't have to take them in the top 10. Why would you take receivers in the top 10 of a receiver-heavy draft? I don't understand. Jamar Chase, special. After that, I can get you in the second round. The only problem with the Ravens, Fred, is is they got Marquise Brown. They have DuVernay. They got all these little receivers. They need a big receiver. They've they've got a bunch of little guys. You know, mm-hmm. so they don't need another one of those, you know, because mm-hmm. Boykin, I don't know what you think of Boykin, but, I, mm-hmm. you know, he's a Notre Dame guy, and I don't think he can play. So that says a lot. <laughs> hey, I, Notre Dame guys, this is it's a couple of colleges. When you tell me the player from there, I second guess them. Really? Notre Dame, the new really? Notre Dame. I ain't talking about the old Notre Dame. The new Notre Dame in Penn State. I don't – these players yeah. tend to not pan out. In the NFL, they don't become great pros. But I tell you one college that does, uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Oh, here we go. Okay, here we go. Right now, the best defensive lineman in the game, 
Fletcher Cox, Chris Jones, that's all Mississippi State. Montez Sweat, that's Mississippi State. Dak Prescott, that's Mississippi State. Jonathan Abrams, that's Mississippi State. Big play Darius Slay, that's Mississippi State. <laughs> like, I can keep going. Ken Dansler, that's Mississippi State. Right, we put out quality, not quantity. Alabama will put out a lot. We're going to put out quality players. That's because you guys are bench pressing cows out there in Mississippi State for and we And we do it together. We tip cows at 11 o'clock at night. We would literally go push a cow over knowing that it can't get back up. Yeah. The problem with Some Mississippi you- State is that you can't get there. <laughs> <laughs> Stark Vegas wide open right now. All right, Vinny, take me inside the war room. So Baltimore's got the 27th pick and the 31st pick. Somebody is looking at that squad going, there might be a deal to be made. You've been in that war room when a when the phone rings. What is that like? What what takes place when somebody says, "Hey guys, you want a deal?" What is that? Take me through that. Well, I've done it a few, uh, quite a few times actually, um, because when you see a guy falling, you know you'll say, you know, but the the biggest thing, chick, is is everybody has a reputation. All the GMs in the league have reputations, mm-hmm. and you know who's traders you know who will deal and won't deal mm-hmm. you know like when i was doing it the giants would never move you know cincinnati would never move you know so a lot of those teams you would never call you okay. know you had to call people that you knew were wheelers and dealers and then you could get it you could get a deal done you know like belichick you could always you know get deals done mm-hmm. he called me one time chick he called me one time like in the fifth fifth round or something he said he said i'll give you my fifth or I'll give you my two six for your next year's fifth. I said, hey, Bill, your board's empty too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Every year, not a good draft. I tell people that all the time. Just because it's a draft, that's why I say some players are forced down some team's throat. Mm-hmm. And the team you go to dictates your career as a player. Now, Robert, we're finna watch. Yeah, we're finna watch about four or five quarterbacks go in the first 10 picks. Right, all right. right. Out of that four and five, two and a half of them will have a good career. Two and a half, all right? And Trevor Lawrence, I'm betting on him, and whoever becomes the 49ers quarterback, meaning whoever gets drafted there. So if Justin Fields goes second and Zach Wilson goes to the 49ers, he has the better career. If Justin Fields goes there, he has the better career. If Matt Jones goes there, he has the better career because it's all about what team do you arrive at. And the quarterback that's going to the 49ers arrive with a offense, with a left tackle, with weapons galore, with a go-to tight end in mm-hmm. a running game and a head coach that knows how to strategize, setting them up for greatness. Everybody else, it's a chance. Now, it's going to be that late-round quarterback that just rides the bench, rides the bench, finally gets his chance in his third year, go out there and light it up. Might be David Steele's from uh, uh, Stanford. I mean, Stanford. Stanford. He might be that dude. So, wow. it's some dudes out there that can pull that. But I promise you, out of this five, it's two Mitch Trubisky's in this group. Oh, boy. Oh, yikes. Uh, Vinny, you've been working 45 minutes away from the Washington franchise. What you saw the last year and a half out of them, the moves they've made, including new coach and all that jazz. What do you think? I like, I've always liked Ron Rivera. So I think they've done good there. I've always liked Marty Herney. I think he's good. And um, who'd they just bring in? Well, Martin uh, Mayhew as well. Uh, Martin. Martin was my intern. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, Martin's cool, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it seems like that they're, you know, able to do their jobs, you mm-hmm. know? Because it seems like I can hear you. 
it seems like that when Joe was there, people were able to do their jobs. When uh, Ron's there, it seems like he's kind of in control. And, mm-hmm. and I think Dan understands that, which I think shows Dan's maturation. Right. That's huge. That's huge. Um, can I ask about the hiring of Jim Zorn, by the way? I think it's the most, fast, it's the most fascinating thing I've ever been a, a, around. <laughs> Nobody got it out to that. It's, you know, I, I, no, look. the only thing that messed that up was you put the, the egg before the chicken. Like, the only thing that messed that up that made all the head coaches in the league did not want that job is the fact right. you can't force an offensive coordinator down a new head coaches. Well, you know, what, you know what the problem was, was the league office wanted us to wait to talk to Spagnolo because they were in the Super Bowl and he was the hot guy. Okay. He came in. He didn't want the job. You know, we're, uh, we're talking to him, and I'm talking to him. I said, hey, Spags, you got to at least act like you want this job. <laughs> right, right, you right, know? right. He didn't want – and then, like, you know, his staff, what he was going to bring in, he wanted to bring in all his old World Football League buddies. I mean, you saw when he went to the Rams, he brought in all those guys, and it didn't work. And right. we and – and it was, you know, Joe retired. We had right. a good defensive staff with block. I mean, we were ranked second in the league in defense. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So he wanted to bring in all these other guys, and we said we got good defensive coaches. Right. You know. And and here's the thing with Zorn. Zorn was fine until until Detroit game when he cussed out. And he embarrassed Clinton Portis on the sidelines. That yep. was right. the end of Jim Zorn. Yeah. Well, actually, Jim Zorn lost us his first post game speech he was terrible at it like the really? one like like listen to me he just was not good at communicating with 53 alpha males he right. when it comes to pen on paper coming mm-hmm. up with a game plan he's great at that but still at the end of the day would make a great coach can you lead men yep like can you lead men and make them play together and play a one accord i don't know if it was just me the quarterback jinx but i never had a chance to truly win at a high level in the league because we just had i had too many quarterbacks Right. I had too many quarterbacks. I, if I get the name of some of these quarterback finish, mm-hmm. they will give you nightmares if I start <laughs> Well, I, I can tell you this. From the media standpoint, Zorn's first press conference, when he says, I'm happy to be here with the maroon and black, and we went, what? <laughs> oh, hey, what did hey, he, Chick, what, what did he we, say? We walked back into Dan's office. He said, did I screw up? <laughs> right then. Hey, that's how he was. He was just, he was chill. But you knew you was getting the real person. That's why I love Coach Zorn. Yeah, I, dude, I, I, I did, I did the Mondays, you know, after game day on Mondays, I would do the one-on-one in the, in the, in the auditorium there. And I'm a, you know, I grew up playing high school and junior college ball, left-handed quarterback. So I'm like Jim Zorn, left-handed quarterback. I'm talking X's and O's with him. And then as things started to just deteriorate. And when you hired the bingo (laughs) caller as the, I mean, I looked at Zorn in that, in that uh, Monday one-on-one, and I said, he sat down in the room. I said, Coach, you know I'm going to have to ask you about uh, Sherm. And he looked at me and was like, do you have to? And I go, yeah, dude, because it, he just got hired and he, you played a game and it didn't go well, blah, blah, blah. And he says, okay. So during the live, here we are live at 5 o'clock. Here with the head coach, Jim Zorn, blah, blah, blah. And we talk about the game. And I said, I got to ask you, Coach, about the hiring of the Sherm Lewis. Sherm Lewis. Yeah, I go to hire Sherm Lewis. The last time we checked with Sherm, he was calling bingo games, and now he's helping you out with the offense. What do you? What's My your reaction? And he just looked at me, and he just said, "What do you want me to say?" 
What do you want me to say? I got, I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. I, my hands are tied. I went, and that was when I realized, oh, the end is near. It's over. Uh, but that's, yeah, the maroon and, the maroon and black was classic. Yeah, hey, I love Coach classic. Spurrier, too. I enjoyed Coach Spurrier. I love Spurrier. Listen to me. I enjoyed the old ball coaching. This is the only mistake that Coach made. He should have said, I'm from college. I'm going to make sure I'm going to get all pro coaches. If he would have had right. an all pro staff, an offensive coordinator that's a pro coordinator to give him some do's and don'ts, can't be right. so repetitive, I think, you know, yeah. maybe coach would have had well, a chance. Well, He's good on defense. Well, hindsight is 50 50. Thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. It always is. I Thanks, say this, though, when Joe Gibbs came in, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, when Coach Gibbs came in, it, it, it was like for the first time, like, because I really thought Morty had us finna get ready to rock and roll. Correct. But since Morty, when Coach Gibbs came in, that's the first time, like, I right, now I'm finna get coached in this league. Right. Like, now I'm finna get really down yep. to the nitty gritty. And Greg Williams was perfect for the personality that we had on defense. So it was, we was lights out on that side of the ball. We knew coach was going to run the ball. So for the first time, we always knew we was going to be into every game to the end. Right. Might right. not last, win it, but we're going to be there. Last question for Vinny, Vinny Serrato, who's kind enough to join us. He, he uh, hosts a show in Baltimore and he covers the Ravens, obviously. Um, I sit here from the outside looking in and on social media and all I see are the, and, and but as I say this sigh, I just, I don't want you to jump out of your seat. Okay. Just settle down. All I see is the haters for Lamar Jackson and I don't quite understand it. So where do you sit on Lamar? All, all I know is this when they, when he won the MVP and they had 12 pro bowlers and I, and I, I said this, I said the same thing about Orlando Brown at his press conference. He should have thanked Lamar because right. Lamar makes him look good. Mm-hmm. And Lamar, he got all those guys a pro bowl, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, even on defense because they had the mm-hmm. ball the whole fourth quarter. He yep. saved Harbaugh's job. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, he, he turned the city around. The, the fans love Lamar. And Lamar's right. a good dude. Lamar wants to work. He right. wants to win. He'll do whatever, you know. And mm-hmm. all these guys on this team, need to appreciate him because he's he's the straw that mm-hmm. that stirs that drink right yeah yep. right. and, and i think and i think i think he's the kind of guy who has who has heard like from from year one he's heard the naysayers and each year he's done something a little bit different tweaked his game to be better and i think i think coming into this year you're going to see a different guy not that he's going to curtail what he's been he's done with his legs, all that jazz. But I think you're going to see something different out of him. That's he just quite needs remarkable. to improve his accuracy deep, yep. and his deep ball accuracy, and mm-hmm. then his deep out type things are are not as accurate. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing they need to do is fix the O line because you can't throw if you can't step and throw. Right. And he yep. was getting pressured all the time. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, how does a four three forty dude get sacked forty sometimes? Right. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, that's yeah. A, the, that's the loss of Yonda and the inconsistency at center didn't help either. Well, no. well, let me tell you something. Uh, Vinny did hit on something because I can remember when we played, and it was Bobby Taylor and Troy Benson in Philadelphia, and me and Champ here in Washington. And because of Donovan McNabb, every year eight Eagles went to the Pro Bowl, and those two corners were the fixture. Right. right, and every year Chant would go, and I would be the odd man out. 
You know why? Because they don't want too many players from a losing team. And and whoever has the, the, the quarterback and whoever has that stability, they're going to constantly go time and time and time again. And I was like, what, what is it really? So when I thought down to it, they are always going to be a bigger group from a team that, that's going to win. And usually going to win if you have Lamar Jackson or Donovan McNabb on your team. Right. When I was in San Fran, when I was in San Fran, we'd get like 10 or 11 guys every year. And that was always the, the pro boat boat would come out like on a Tuesday or something where they would announce it. We'd have the worst practices that week. Cause all the guys that didn't make it were all pissed off. And they all <laughs> thought they should have made it. And our practices were terrible. All right. Last well, thing, Fred, have you ever been in a movie? Huh? Fred, have you, have you ever been in a movie? Have I been in a movie? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'd have been an extra in a couple of things. Why? What's up? No, I'm just, I'm just asking because we just had the Oscars, and the fact that uh, Vinny did not get win an Oscar for Kindergarten Ninja is beyond me. Um, <laughs> you know why I did that was George Chung was our karate instructor, and Dwight Clark. I was living with Dwight, who right? Passed away about a year ago, mm-hmm. and Dwight was doing it, so I was living with Dwight. So he just came, he brought me along all the time, you know. Oh my gosh! And you, so you, so so Vinny Serrato's in the movie kindergarten ninja for those who are listening right now google it you can find it i looked at a youtube clip of it and it is all dwight clark i'm looking for you i couldn't find you but did you do you get any royalties from that by the way no that was just uh that was out of the goodness of uh my heart and that paid uh, my rent at dwight's house nice nice <laughs> hey, hey, hey uh, listen benny is a renaissance man see that what my grandma say don't be great at no one thing be good at a little bit of everything see that right, what benny right. is a renaissance yeah. man so listeners can find you on what 1057 the fan in Baltimore. 1057 the fan in Baltimore, yep. All right. Vinny, it's great to catch up with you, man. I appreciate your perspective on all of it and what you you know, being in the war room and all of it, and the fact that you come to the dark side of media, which is very, very funny, by the way, from this side to see that take place. Um, just all the best to you. Really appreciate it, man. All right. Good seeing you, Fred. Hey Vinny, I'll be in the I'll be in the Baltimore area in a couple of days. I'm gonna hit you up. Let's go get All a right. drink. All right. Nice. All right. All right. That's Vinny Serrato, former right. executive. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Former executive with the Fort and you the Washington football team. Say what now? You owe me money. Bet online. I right, went you're right. to one yeah, you are, yep. you show yep. up. Well, so here's the thing. Here's the reality of it is I texted him and said, We're here. And he said, You didn't send the link. You guys know via email, I sent the link. So I resent it. And to his credit, he showed up. So you're right. I do owe you money. I owe mm-hmm. you something. I'm not sure if it's money. because 10 to 1. 10 to 1. So there's like Oh, now $20. it's 10 to 1. That's just, that's just jumping. That's, you, you said, what's the chances? I said Bet online. 10 You're right. Bet online. Bet online. I lost, I lost a lot of money to Fred Smoot. Who hasn't mm-hmm. lost money to Fred Smoot? Um, mm-hmm. Any last thoughts here before the draft? I thought it was a great interview by Vinny. Mm-hmm. I think he told some great stories. Great stories. Uh, you know, and I think they go the human side of that war room. Yeah. I, even though on the outside we see a lot of human beings, lives get changed and they do get drafted. And three, like 250 guys going to get drafted. The reality of it is three-fourths of them not going to have a long, great career. They're going right. to get to taste their dream. But it, it, it's one of those things where it's dog eat dog. And guess what? Next year, 300 more coming. And, right. and next year after that, 300 more coming. But the guys that's pulling that trigger in there, they are also humans also. And they have to go through that part of knowing who life they're about to change and, and who names on their list. And that's mm-hmm. what's going through all the players' head as they sit at home and watch the draft is – who whose name who, who, who is my name on their list or they list and who's right. going to call it? 
Like, right. who's going to call my name? And now I can just wonder how bad it was because when I was there, they we would literally go through the whole draft in a day. Now, if yeah. you don't go in the first day, you got to sit and wait. Wait. You got to wait then, and wait. And then if you don't go in the second day, you got to sit and wait. Yeah. Chick, I don't know what I would have did. Like, just sitting there and I got to go to sleep. I wouldn't have been there to sleep. Jack Daniels would have been drunk. No, I <laughs> was I drinking at that time. Vodka, Ooh. I would have, like, been out of there. Yeah. What's amazing is, and the story's not told often because it's not sexy, is we, 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 we see the stories of the guys who were picked. We see the stories of the guys who had to wait to get picked. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Tom Brady waiting mm-hmm. to get picked. Aaron Rodgers waiting yep. to get picked. And then we get that story afterwards when they're really good pros. Some guys never get their name called, and that's it. They're done. They don't mm-hmm. play professional football. They some might go to the Canadian Football League. Some might mm-hmm. go to the XFL. But a lot mm-hmm. of guys, the dream is squashed right then and there. And I've, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the story from that side yet. But obviously, mm-hmm. it takes place. Yes, um, it does. Right? And, these and, people uh, and, end and, up being great people in the end, though. They end up being, uh, right. like, a lot of them end up going to the military. They, they stick with the team format. They, they, right. they start... They usually migrate to the the police force academy. Are they mm-hmm. usually migrate to the military? Are they usually get into politics? Are they usually get into something that is all about teamwork, make the dream work? Because they're used to being one part of an organism. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So, right. so for for everything they losing in their dream, they are getting to that new rebirth and that new them before we do. Because right. when I retire at thirty two years old. I got to relearn Fred Smoot for the first time without right. that football in my hand while my partner had a chance to start doing that at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for everything it is, it's a take too, because I tell people all the time, once you stop living by that ball, you have to reintroduce yourself to you at a later age when you right. haven't had the chance to really live that, the regular everyday life like, you know, everybody else. Right. I'm going to get serious for a second here. And that is that, and I know that you appreciated your NFL career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think Thai, myself, and anybody who's come in contact with you are fortunate to consider you colleague, friend, because you have played the game at, a, at the highest level while still remaining Fred without an E smoot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you, were, you have been that guy since day one when we walked into the locker room, that same guy. You had to relearn when you left at the age of 32, but you've been that same guy. And I'll tell you right now, um, it is an honor and a privilege to do this podcast with you. As 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 I'm gonna, as, how do we label this podcast? Uh, side. This is gonna be one of those that's not really clean. As fucked up as some of the shit that goes on when we do, um, I. I, I, I live for when the mic comes on and you pop up on the screen because I know that I'm going to get Fred Smoot. No matter what's going on in both of our lives, all three of our yeah. lives, a lot of yeah. shit's going on. Yeah. But when this goes on, I can count on Fred Smoot to shine. And so I want you to know that I appreciate it from that standpoint, that you have been that guy since the first time I met you. And we have dealt with athletes who aren't always the nicest humans, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were one of those guys. You were raised correctly, and I want you to know that we appreciate it. Hey, well, my grandma always told me this. It take a lot of energy to be somebody else, boy. It take no energy to be yourself. It takes none to be yourself. <laughs> Don't ever let nobody change you. And money, like the one thing I always tell people from the time I grew up, the time I'm making a league, I like, 
they were like, things you afraid of? I like, I'm pretty much not afraid of nothing. We guaranteed to die. You can't, you can't threaten me with going broke. I was born that way. Right? <laughs> so right, you right. can't like so my life is set up for me to enjoy it, man. And I just think treating people like people is easy. And, mm-hmm. and more people should practice it. Like I, I take my I take life very seriously. Don't ever get twisted. But mm-hmm. I don't take myself serious at all. Right. Uh, they are just how I am and how I live. They're just, you know, I enjoy myself, man. I don't try to make anything hard. Well, the country would be better off if we had more guys like you that that, that feel that way. Unfortunately, we got a bunch of folks who get social media muscles and all that bullshit. Um, on that note, we will see what the Washington football team does in the draft. We'll visit with you guys, the listeners, next week and mm-hmm. discuss what took place. Unless there's a big shocker, we might pop up early. You never know. Um, hey, but, do you uh, want to put your do you want to put your name in the bag now? Do you want to say who Washington is going to draft? Because I'm going to stick in the yeah. first round with Fred, Jermaine. Fred's Day. made his pick, so Chick, I feel like you have to make a pick. Yeah, Chick needs to make a pick. I, I I seriously cannot because I don't I don't go down that rabbit hole. There's just two. I don't. I'm not next. I don't. I don't live in that world. I really don't. I'm like when I watch all, right, all the I watch all the mock drafts. Give me a position. Give me a position. Right? Oh. Position is very broad. Yeah, that's fair. I, I would I would go O line. I would go O line. Christian Delisaw. He's yeah, saying would, we're going yeah. to Virginia Tech and we're going to take Christian Delisaw. Go. Are we going to take uh, the kid from uh, Notre Dame? I'm just telling you, you know, Notre Dame put out good offensive linemen. Like, put, right. put it like this Wisconsin, Iowa, Notre Absolutely. Dame. I can always get great linemen from their place. All Correct. right. Correct. I can get that from there. Correct. Yes. So I think O line is where they go. That's what. That's where I think they go. But if a quarterback drops down into that area, what do you do? If yeah, I, I had a couple mock drafts down. today. I had a couple mock drafts today. Right. Where Matt Jones dropped to me two times in a row, Ooh. and because I can get a Jabril Cox, and maybe uh, Jameen Davis slips right. past Tampa Bay. Right. Because they go with another position. I would take their quarterback in the first round because wow. this is a deep second round. Yeah, yeah. This is a deep second round. And I have two, three, I got two thirds. And because I got two thirds, I can get me some backers in that third round. Chaz Surratt from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I can get some guys, Jabril Cox from LSU. I can get some, I can get me another thump at linebacker. All right, Bolton. It's some guys out there from Zoop. So, I would say I would have to go Matt Jones then, and now Fitz Magic gonna turn on that Fitz Magic because he used to he used to playing with the heat to his back like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If 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 if, if Matt Jones, Justin Fields drops down to nineteen, this, you have no other choice. Just, Your no hand is forced. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. So we'll see, uh, and we'll find out uh, what takes place on Thursday night. What Washington does at 19, if they move up by any chance, uh, we'll also maybe we'll touch on Baltimore too because they got two picks in the first round. That'll make Cy very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, Cy Fenwick and Fred Smoot. I'm Chick Hernandez. Thank you for listening to That's Your Opinion. Brought to you by Dot Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.